Hello, and welcome to episode 13 of Take These Songs, a podcast about people and the music that they are committed to. This is your host, Madelano Martin, once again apologizing. I could just change the name of this podcast to Apologies from Madelano Martin. We are a bit late again this week with the upload, with the post. This time, not entirely my fault, though. And if you're a longtime listener to this podcast, uh, you'll you'll know that this this is a this is a recurring bit, as we say in the comedy biz. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, my dependability is uh, is wavered a bit in the past month or so. Uh, this time, though, not entirely my fault. I uh, had a problem with the update on my computer. With the digital audio workstation that I use, there was a problem updating that software. Uh, and then also, uh, this is the very first time we had a problem finding one of the songs that was picked by today's guest, Matt Chandler. He's a serious music head. He went deep. And between the two of us, it took us about a half day to track down a digital copy of this song that he had picked off his vinyl record collection. Uh, and so we got there. We did it. But that did delay the process a bit even more. Uh, apologies. Uh, hopefully, if you are a regular listener, you think this is cute and adorable. And if this is your first time listening, ignore everything I just said. We're, we're always on time. <laughs> Hello. Welcome. Thank you for being here. If you are a new listener, let me quickly break down how the podcast works. I invite a guest onto the podcast to bring four songs, something old, something new, something borrowed, and something blue. Something old is any song that is 25 years old or older. Something new is any song that was released within the last calendar year. Something borrowed is a cover. And something blue is usually a sad song or something, basically any song that they have a strong emotional connection to. So beyond just like, oh, this guitar part rips or whatever, you know, they just, it gets them in their feels, if you will. Uh, And they talk about those songs. And then I edit them together. We throw the songs in. It's a good time. You're about to experience it. So welcome, first timers, Matt Chandler, friends, the big Chandler heads. I don't know if that's what you guys call yourselves. We can work on that. We can workshop it. Uh, I am Madelano Martin, your host. I am a professional stand-up comedian. I do this podcast out of my love for music and my uh, need to always feel guilty about something. <laughs> Uh, I do a lot of things. I got a lot of a lot of things going on, and so I do apologize again for this one getting out uh, late. It does not mean uh, that I don't love you, regular listeners. I do very much so, uh, and I promise I am not taking that love for granted. Uh, I do want to tell you about some things I've got going on comedy-wise before we jump into this podcast. But first, just a quick shout out to my friend Tina, who I know does listen to this podcast, and I know that because uh, Tina wrote me a letter, old school. Physical, paper, pen, postage, several days to get to my house. Uh, and it just dropped me this very lovely note about uh, thanking me for the podcast and the other sort of creative uh, things that I do put out into the world, that it does matter, that there are people listening and enjoying that. And uh, it hit me at just the right time. So thank you, Tina. I do appreciate that note. Um, just thanks. That's, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'll say that again. Uh, if you want to also send in notes of encouragement, <laughs> I don't know how this turned into like a thing all about me. The design of the podcast is it's not supposed to be about me. It's supposed to be about these songs and people's experiences with them. But this first section, it's about me. <laughs> if you want to send in a note uh, to encourage me or discourage me or just talk about music or anything else, if you'd like to be on the podcast, you'd like to pitch yourself as a guest, you can do that at takethesongspod at gmail.com. That is takethesongspod at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you uh, digitally, quickly, efficiently, over the, uh, the, the not as charmingly, 
not as uh, not as impactful, but still, uh, it's it's easier. And also, I'm not giving out my home address randomly on the podcast. So you're going to have to just go the email route for now. Take these songs pod at gmail.com. Also, of course, as always, if you haven't yet, if you can rate and review the podcast, that would be great. It pushes the algorithm and it helps more people discover the podcast, which the more people that discover the podcast, uh, the bigger it comes, uh, the more guilt that I will feel. And therefore, more likely, I will be able to crank it out on time every week. I'm, I'm a, I run on guilt. It's like Duncan, but not as sweet. Uh, very quickly before we get into uh, this episode with Matt, and uh, what a great episode this is. I got to say, I, I know that I'm in love with my own podcast, and uh, so far everybody has killed it, and uh, Matt is no exception to that. Uh, I do want to let you know real quickly uh, a few places that I will be doing comedy coming up. So if you live in one of these areas, I would love to see you come out and see me do some shows. We've been doing some shows lately. I was just in uh, uh, Springfield, Missouri last weekend and uh, had a great time and a lot of fun. And I feel like that trend is going to continue. I feel like the fun, the good times are rolling. I'm in a very good headspace right now with comedy. My my third album is getting ready to come out in a couple of days. Uh, and uh, it's just, it's a, it's a fun time to be telling these jokes. So if you want to get in on that fun, I will be headed out west a bit. Uh, this following weekend, uh, I'll be in Iowa, Nebraska, South Dakota uh, for a five-day run. Starting on June 29th, I'll be at Third Base Bar in Council Bluffs, Iowa. Uh, June 30th, I'll be at Tiny House Bar in Omaha, Nebraska. July 1st, I'll be at Bosses Comedy Club in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. July 2nd, I'll be at Broken Magic Comedy Hour at The Backline in Omaha, Nebraska. And then July 3rd, I'll be at Zoo Bar in Lincoln, Nebraska. You can check out all of my upcoming dates as well as get tickets to shows that do pre-sale tickets. I have those links up on my website, which is madelonomartincomedy.com. Every one of those words has a hyphen in between it. So that is M-A-T hyphen A-L-A-N-O hyphen Martin hyphen comedy.com. I feel like you guys know how to spell Martin in comedy, so I didn't spell that part. But Matt, my first name only has one T, and then Alano throws a lot of people. It's A-L-A-N-O. I often get brought up as Matt Alonzo Martin. Or sometimes just Matt Alonzo. They forget the last part altogether. They get so excited that they put a Z in my name that they just chop off the Martin part. Maybe that's a better stage name. I don't know. Anyway, uh, you can check that out as well as a few clips of mine, MattAlanoMartinComedy.com with all the hyphens put in there. Uh, I do have a new album coming out. My third album, Midnight Nachos, drops on Friday, June 24th. Um, It's available for pre-order now. It will be on Apple Music and iTunes and Amazon it will not be on Spotify or Pandora if you've not been following uh, what's going on, if you don't know any comedians. Spotify and Pandora are in a um, fight, essentially, with a publishing rights company that's trying to collect rights for comedians uh, in the way, same way that songwriters get their rights collected. And so Spotify and Pandora's response to that is to just drop most of the comedy albums. I used to be on there. My first two albums were on both of those services, and now they're gone, and I'm not the only one. Many, many, many comedians have also been dropped. And so I don't think this new one is going to go on there, uh, at least not until this whole thing gets resolved. So uh, this is another reason why pre-ordering is important, besides the fact that also streaming doesn't pay anything. I know pre-ordering an entire album is ancient. People don't do that anymore. But not just with me, anyone, with bands, anything. If you see... Uh, an artist that you appreciate and they're throwing up that pre-order link, please throw that $10 down, that $20, whatever it is, and support them 
And again, I'm not just talking about myself here. I'm talking about art in general uh, because streaming pays nothing, like literally fractions upon fractions of a penny. And now they're not even doing that for comedians. They've taken that away as well as exposure. Um, so just supporting the artists and other old school ways like that you know same thing like with a musician or a comedian if you go see them live that is of course the best way you can support them buy their merch from the merch table but online pre-ordering albums is big Uh, you can pre-order my album there is a link to do that on my website which i've already hyped a few times okay i think that's it that's all i want to talk about about my own stuff there's a lot going on i'd love to see you come out see me do comedy i'd love for you to hear midnight nachos i'm very proud of it uh and you know i'm proud of this podcast too so let's get into this episode of the podcast let me tell you about the guests here just for a second matt chandler i've known matt chandler for a very long time uh matt first of all let me just say fantastic head of hair matt chandler so jealous he got the good hair. Baby just has like this, oh, it's, oh, it's dreamy. He's also got a rocking beard now to go with it. Um, I don't know why that's the first thing I wanted to share with you. I'm looking at a picture of him right now, and it's just like, damn, that's a, that's a good head of hair right there. Uh, Matt is a hardcore old school music fan, which you'll hear uh, in this episode as he talks about his picks. But he's played in a bunch of different bands in the greater Indianapolis area. Uh, the ones that you may have heard of, Thin Fevers and Saraswati, were pretty big. Uh, he's also a uh, the host of The Free Zone on WICR, a, a very influential radio show that just turned a lot of people on to a lot of new music and obscure music that they otherwise would have never heard. Honestly, just about the perfect guest for this podcast. He's got uh, some new musical projects coming up that we can't talk about yet, but he does have a new band in the works, which is very exciting. And I will give an update of that when Matt drops that. I will put that into a future episode and let you know about that. But without further ado, let's get to it right now with my guest, Matt Chandler, and his picks for something old and something new. My name is Matt Chandler, and I am uh, very tickled to have been invited to be a guest on Take These Songs. I have been a musician since elementary school, uh, hosted a radio show, a late night freeform radio show on a public station for about 10 years. I've been a show promoter, a touring musician, freelance music writer avid music collector, you name it. And people often ask, you know, hey, what's your what's your favorite record? And I often say that asking a musician or collector or writer or what have you, uh, an avid fan of, of any medium, really, it could be film or art, you know, visual art, uh, literature, what have you. But especially with uh, with music, I think music collectors and fans are a, a unique breed. And if you ask them their one favorite thing, you're still there an hour later listening to them talk <laughs> about uh, things that are important to them. You know, we, we have this innate desire to share what is important or or impactful and uh, to try to show people why they should welcome that same thing into their life, you know, why it's important. 
And there's always so much context. You know, there's a whole life outside of whatever that particular record or film or book is. And, and you're, I hesitate to word, use the word consume, but you're, you're, you're integrating, you're assimilating uh, this media into your life in the context of everything else that's going on and your, your history and your philosophy and, and what happened five minutes ago. So when my good friend Matt Alano Martin asked me to contribute to this, I was honored. And I spent quite a, a fair amount of time, uh, several weeks actually, trying to think of, of what four songs I would pick. You know, and there's that side that says, okay, you have this one shot to pick things and, and you want them to be really important and really crucial and really, you know, of affecting for whoever listens to it. You know, and, and you think, oh, you know, what am I going to choose? And I realized I, I was overthinking it. Um, you know, it isn't necessary to make a big grandiose point with everything all the time. Uh, sometimes you just have to relax into things and, and go with your, your gut. Uh, music has always been a very important part of my life. I, I grew up listening to uh, so many different kinds of music in my house. Um, with my mother and my grandmother. Um, my, my mom liked a lot of Motown and, and soul and, and rock music. She was always really into like, Jimi Hendrix. She loved, you know, then later Prince. You know, but with my grandmother, I, I would sit and listen to Frank Sinatra records or uh, what have you. And then the family that served as my part-time caregivers, um, it was a lot of soul and jazz, but also uh, I was introduced to, uh, say, early Genesis in, in that household. So I was fortunate to grow up with a, a, a wide swath of musical experiences, and I, I think that has carried forward throughout my life. So. With that in mind, with all of that in mind, um, I went ahead and picked four songs. And actually, I, I kind of broke the, the mold a little bit. I actually picked five. I'm going to do something a little different with something borrowed. But here we go. Let's go ahead and get started with taking songs. Starting out with the category of something old, I often get frustrated because there's never going to be enough time in your life to listen to all the good records, read all the good books, see all the great films, uh, take in all the great art, you know, sculpture, painting, what have you. Uh, and it, as a, as a, a record collector, you're constantly finding new things 
that are old things. Um, records that have influenced newer artists that, that you like. Uh, and, and, and that's part of the thrill of it, is, is digging through and finding something. Sometimes it's something that you can't even identify. You just look at the record cover and you say, oh, you know, I, I really need that. That looks really interesting. Um, or, you know, for the collectors in, in the room, <laughs> if you will, you know, you have your, your, your want list, right? Things that you've been searching for. So something old was actually the hardest uh, for me to, to land on. Uh, you know, I could have gone with some Elvis or Miles Davis or John Coltrane or, or Kiss. You know, I mean, it, it's just all over the place. But I finally decided on um, the leadoff track from the amazing Sonic Youth album from 1998. I'm sorry, from 1988. Uh, Daydream Nation. Side one, song one, Teenage Riot. With the context of, of, of all of that music floating around in my head, in 1988 I was starting high school, and uh, I lived in in the East Side suburbs of, of Indianapolis, and and I was I was not cool. Like I didn't know about Black Flag or you know, any of that stuff. You know, it just wasn't where, where we were. The, you know, we knew what was on the radio. And when I was introduced to this album by a, a friend of mine, gave me a cassette recording, it, this song just took everything I had known or, or thought about music, about rock, about jazz, what have you, and, and just completely ripped it apart. They were making sounds on on this song that I had never heard before. I didn't know were were possible. I didn't know they, that these sounds existed <laughs> in the world. Um, and through further exploration, that's when I started learning about different art forms, uh, visual and. and Etc. that I had not been exposed to through my social circles there on the east side of Indianapolis in 1988. Um, it just wasn't as widely known, it wasn't shared. And I had friends at other schools that were arguably much cooler, and they knew about all these different things and uh, whatnot. But this song to me, 
just opened up my mind to a whole new way of thinking about music. Rock music in particular, but music in general. As I, as I grew older, at the time I was playing trumpet in every, well, in French horn and baritone. I was, I was that music nerd kid. I was in every uh, ensemble in school that you could throw at me. Uh, later, uh, I picked up uh, the electric bass and started getting into rock band, playing in rock band. And Sonic Youth and Teenage Riot in particular has informed, I think, so much of the, my sensibilities going forward. I mean, it, back when we used to carry CDs in our car, right? You, yeah, everybody had that black uh, little zipper deal with the sleeves you know, and you put your CDs in there. Uh, Daydream Nation was one that always, always stayed in my car. And it was a record that I could sit and listen to on headphones by myself just bathing in the experience. And there was always a new layer, you know, it was a total onion, you know, you just kept peeling it back and peeling it back, there's always something new to, to hear and to discover, so that's why, even though there's plenty of older music to choose from, for something old, I went with Sonic Youth, Teenage Riot, from Daydream Nation, Growing up, uh, as I mentioned, in the, the suburbs of Indianapolis, when, when I was young and really starting to get into music, um, there weren't a whole lot of independent record stores, you know, the, the place where you can go and you develop a relationship with the, the people who work there, the owners, etc. You know, we had, we had the mall. <laughs> right? I mean, I think a lot of people can identify with that. And now it would be going to Walmart or Target or what have you. And buying music is such a an impersonal kind of sterile experience at those places. Um, but that's why I really, really enjoy having the... the stores that are available now where you can go in and you can have conversations um, 
and that's why I always liked working at those stores. I worked independent record stores and mall stores. It, but I would always do the same thing. I really enjoyed developing the relationships with people and saying, oh, you know, you're buying this. Oh, you should check this out, right? You know, th this is really cool. You might dig it. Uh, you know, getting to know people and them getting to know you and knowing your tastes. So I've been so ensconced in the old stuff, if you will, uh, for the last several years that, that I haven't... Uh, because I'm not hosting radio or promoting shows or writing record reviews and this and that, I, I'm not as uh, hip to the new stuff that's coming out. <laughs> what an old guy thing to say, right? I'm not as hip to the new stuff. Matlock, my pills. But uh, I had an experience recently where I was in uh, a local independent store. And the the young guy behind the counter put on this album, and I was digging through jazz stacks, as I do, and I it it just stopped me. I mean, it, this song took my breath away. I mean, just, I, I I was absolutely flummoxed, and I stopped looking through through record stacks and just sat down in a chair and listened to that whole album. And that's not an experience that I have very often anymore, so I really treasure it. And it's a song by a uh, uh, current band out of England called Black Midi. And now, of course, with the, the benefit of the internet, I realize I'm a little bit late to the party, if you will. You know, oh, the, the tastemakers, the, the pitchforks of the world are uh, really into this band. Uh, they've been around for a few years, but they were new to me. And that was kind of neat. You know, to to come at it completely unaware and completely naked, metaphorically speaking. I, I kept my pants on in the record store. They they kind of prefer that. Um, but the album is called Cavalcade, and it's the band's second album, and it's on uh, Rough Trade, and it It's another one of these songs, I mean, the, the very, uh, I picked another first song, first side, <laughs> because it was just so arresting to me. It was that same kind of experience that I had with, with Sonic Youth. Um, it, it just stopped me dead in my tracks, and I, I was just slack-jawed. How many more cliches can I throw in here? This is a scene on Main Street when John 50 comes to town. Yes, this is a scene on Main Street, when John 50 comes to town. Crowds of every age, creed, and gender are abound. Senor Kish sings kiss, detaining each attendee's sins. The first time anteaters lose themselves in the wings. All of these different aspects, and sounded like so many of these other artists that I 
have been influenced by and, and have enjoyed, uh, you know, like Saccharine Trust and King Crimson, The Fall, the pop group. So, I mean, there, there's that post-punk element to it, but there's so much more going on. Uh, you know, a lot of elements of, of Prague and jazz. I mean, there, there's a horn section and just taking all the, the conventional rules of music and throwing it away, all of it, and just saying, this is the kind of crazy sound that makes sense in our heads. And it made sense in my head as well. The godless song whips strong into frenzy, and the echoes of his crooning now have ceased to be heard. No longer pale brunettes are broken in two and thrown to the snouts of the antidote crew. Uh, it's very chaotic, very noisy, and somehow it's both loose and precise simultaneously, which is a really tough thing to, to nail down. You know, you, you have, I mean, music is math, right? It's all about math, scales, time signatures, what have you. So there's a precision to it. But to be able to take that precision and still swing it, you know, kind of be a little bit ahead or a little bit behind, but somehow it it, it, it all meshes together and it, the, the feeling is there and it just grabs your guts. And it, that's just a, a really cool experience to be exposed to something for the first time completely unaware. band, I mean, it, it ends up operating somewhat, somewhat like a collective. I, I've since looked up a lot of their live shows, and the lineup changes from show to show, the instrumentation changes, um, but they just have this innate feel for being confusing and frustrating and they're not and they're not afraid to frustrate you to challenge you and not all music has to challenge you right i mean you're not going to listen to the supremes as an intellectual exercise necessarily right uh, but so much music that i enjoy and maybe this speaks to the the nature of my mental makeup is that so much music that i just have always Doug can be really confounding and challenging and kind of in your face uh, and messes with your sensibilities and, and challenges you to think about things in a different way. And so that's why I really enjoy uh, this uh, band Black Midi and the, the very first song off of their current album, uh, 
the album's called Cavalcade. The song is called John L. So, for something new, here's Black Midi. Hey everybody, Matt here at the Halfway Point, jumping in very quickly to let you know that this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Postcard Elba. Postcard Elba, an eccentric music blog for people who enjoy that sort of thing. Postcard Elba brings you brand new music from undiscovered, underground, and underappreciated bands Monday through Friday, 10 posts a week, highlighting the very best in new music. Check it out, postcardelba.com, postcardelba, that's E-L-B-A, dot com. All right, that's it. That's all I wanted to let you know about. I already rambled enough at the beginning of the podcast. Let's keep this part tight. Let's jump right back in now with our guest, Matt Chandler, and his picks for Something Borrowed and Something Blue. Like many young suburban white people um, back in the 80s and 90s, and it's still true today, I, I always enjoyed a lot of, of hip-hop music. Um, in high school, I was really enthralled by a lot of the, the specifically the Native Tongues collective, Tribe Called Quest, De La Soul, Brand Nubian, and then, you know, into stuff like X-Clan, this and that. But when I was listening to these albums, I, I would say, yeah, but what? how did they make that the, the music of it? I mean, I understand the, 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 the rapping part, but where's all this other stuff coming from, right? And that's when I was introduced to the concept of, of sampling. Uh, taking another artist's music, grabbing a snippet, and creating a whole entirely new piece of work out of it, uh, reimagining it, uh, tweaking it, messing with it, right? Uh, and a lot of the jazz and funk and soul that I continue to enjoy to this day and that I still seek out... Um, is uh, music and, and artists that were sampled in hip-hop. Uh, I mean, everybody knows, you know, that there's certain famous samples, you know, Bernard Purdy, James Brown, you know, Funky Drummer, all that stuff. But I really, really loved digging into these hip-hop records and, and finding out, you know, how many layers were they using? What, what? Where did that come from? It, so for whatever reason, it would just really affect me. And one of my favorites was a tribe called Quest. Baby's Babylon, they're looking for excuses. Game for the buzzer who kicked it to the mooses. Lame as a brain could be golly gee. If you see a shrink, he'll charge you a fee. If you see me, you see the fee is nothing. We will people patience all backs, no fronting. What is a party if it doesn't really rock? What is a poet all balls, no cop? And I would sit and listen to, especially the low end theory. Um, still my favorite tribe record. I mean, I think they're all great, but that one just has 
been one of my all-time favorites since it came out in 1991. Um, and this isn't even one of the, the, I don't even think it's one of the best songs on the record, but it's a track called What? And it just had this crazy, funky groove to it. It was just so deep. And, it, you know, the, 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 the drums hung back. You know, it's kind of like, if you listen to the intro to Rolling Stone's Honky Tonk Woman, uh, Honky Tonk Women, rather, uh, Charlie Watts is practically falling off his drum stool. You know, he's so far behind the beat. But that's what made it so cool and so funky and what made it swing. What's Duke Ellington without that swing? What's Alex Haley if it doesn't have roots? What's a weekend if you ain't knocking boots? What's a black nation without black unity? What is a child who doesn't know puberty? What is my label when I exit womb status? What's menage a trois? Or that is, what is sex when you have three people? What are laws if they ain't fair and equal? What's Clark Kent without a telephone booth? What is a liquor if it ain't 80 proof? What are the youth if they ain't rebellious? So, it, this is 1991, right? And I'm listening to this album, finally, two years ago, I find the, the record in, in the used stacks that that song sampled. Um, and it's a track by uh, Paul Humphrey from an album called America Wake Up. It came out in 1974, the year I was born on Blue Thumb Records, which is one of my little fetish favorites, you know, amongst others like CTI and Kudu and Blue Note. So, for something borrowed, I'm not just going to do a cover. I'm looking at a sample. So I want to look at Trial Conquest, What, from the Low End Theory, and the song that serves as its primary basis in its main sample. It's a track called Uncle Willie's Dream by Paul Humphrey from America Wake Up. Songs have way of working themselves into your consciousness in a, in a way that I think is, is unique amongst all creative forms of expression. And you, you, you remember the, the first time you heard a, a particular song, or um, if it wasn't the first time, you remember a significant life event when that song was playing. So for something blue uh, I, I chose a, a track that um, I heard 
when I was living in New York City years ago, and I had driven my girlfriend at the time to Newark Airport. She was flying somewhere, I don't remember, whether it was work or family. And it was an early flight, so I mean, we left in the dark. And I'm driving back, and I'm listening to WNYC out of New Jersey. And I was just about to go into the Holland Tunnel, and this song started. And I knew that if I kept driving and I hit the tunnel, I would lose the signal. So I... <laughs> Totally illegal. I, I, I pulled over on the, the shoulder of the road so that I could listen to this song in, in its entirety. And I sat listening to this song, facing east, looking out over Manhattan, and the sun was just coming up. And it was a beautiful, beautiful spring morning. And the song that was playing was Chris Christopherson to beat the devil. It was wintertime in Nashville, down on Music City Road. And I was looking for a place to get myself out of the cold, to warm the frozen feeling that was eating at my soul, keep the chilly wind off my guitar. And I just remember sitting there, and, and, and the old cliche, you have those NPR moments, right? You know, where you sit in your car and you have to listen to the whole end of the segment. It, this song just absolutely slayed me. And I, I don't know that it's, it, it's a particularly sad song. I, I think it's very hopeful. The, the tone of it, it sounds sad. But it's a very uplifting message, and it's about a, a young man struggling in life. And he meets a, a, a friend, or a couple of friends, in, and in this case it turned out to be Chris Christopherson meeting uh, Johnny and June Carter Cash, who helped him along his path. Uh, in life, in his career, sobriety, what have you. Then he laid it on me. If you waste your time of talking to the people who don't listen to the things that you are saying, who do you think's gonna hear? And if you should die explaining how the things that they complain about are things they could be changing, who do you think's gonna care? And I just sat and I'll never forget sitting on the side of the road watching the sun come up over the skyline of Manhattan and listening to this song. And it was the chorus that really struck me where he says, if you waste your time of talking to the people who don't listen to the things that you're saying, who do you think's going to hear? And if you should die explaining how the things that they complain about are things they could be changing, who do you think is going to care? And that has always stuck with me. I can recite it from memory to this day. You see, the devil haunts a hungry man. If you don't want to join him, you got to beat him. I ain't saying I beat the devil. 
but I drank his beer for nothing. Then I stole his song. And you still can hear me singing too. And you can look up the, the history with Johnny Cash and, and Chris Christopherson and whatnot. I mean, Johnny, actually, I saw Johnny and June, my first legal 21 and up show. Um, back when the first American Recordings album came out. Um, and got to meet him and shake his hand. I'll never forget, he stepped out over the monitors and said, I'd like to think the grandkids are coming out tonight. <laughs> and shook our hands. Punch was young cats up front. People who don't listen to the things that I am saying, praying someone's gonna hear. And I guess I'll die explaining how the things that they complain about are things they could change. Hoping someone's gonna care. I was born a lonely singer, and I'm bound to die the same. But I've got to feed the hunger But Christopherson's To Beat the Devil. It, it's just one of those songs that, that has always stayed with me and always makes me feel very hopeful. Because as he says, you can still hear me singing to the people who don't listen. Hoping someone's going to care. I was born a lonely singer and I'm bound to die the same, but I've got to feed the hunger in my soul. And if I never have a nickel, I won't ever die ashamed because I don't believe that no one wants to know. And that, um, that feeling, that sentiment, those words have, have just informed my life and always helped push me forward in doing what I thought was important, what I thought was right. Whether or not I ever got rich and I'm <laughs> I'm not <laughs> and never will be um, but I don't believe that no one wants to know there's always room in the world for doing what's right and going with your principles you know and if you do things expecting recognition or thanks you're you're doing it for the wrong reasons. But you never know. You never know who's going to hear your message. So you just have to keep singing your song. And I'm not a religious person, but Christopherson to beat the devil. We did it, everybody. Another episode of the podcast in the books, and dare I say, in your hearts. Hopefully you said that part along with me if you're a regular listener, and you know that I, I always say that at the end. Thank you so much, Matt, for doing the podcast. Matt actually sent in his selections a while ago. Uh, I've had a great response to this podcast. We've got him stacked deep, waiting to come out. Thank you for your patience, Matt. <laughs> he did message me a couple weeks ago. Hey, dude. When's my episode coming out? So thank you for your patience and also for your passion, Matt Chandler. 
we heard it in your picks of the songs, and then I saw it in my inbox. And I thank you for both of those things. Uh, once again, everybody, Matt does have a brand new band in the works. We're not going to talk about it yet. I will reveal that information later on on a future episode of the podcast. So keep listening or just check him out on social media. It's Matt Chandler. Um, how many of those can there be? <laughs> uh, probably a lot. So I'm actually going to tell you. He's on Instagram, and it is literally just his name, M-A-T-T-C-H-A-N-D-L-E-R, Matt Chandler. Man, he got in there early, didn't he? Huh? He got that first Instagram. I would start there and then uh, spread out to the rest of his social media there. But uh, thank you again, Matt, for doing the podcast. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to the podcast, uh, particularly through my long rambling sections up top. I had a lot of things I needed to talk about. I, I do want to share a little bit more. I, I, I The earlier episodes, I was very um, robotic and just like very, I, I don't know. I, it's, I listen back to them now and I, I like the episodes, but I'm clearly... I'm clearly very restrained, and I want to be a little bit more organic in my sections of the podcast, and hopefully you enjoy that. Or maybe you don't. I don't know. Let me know either way by dropping me a message at takethesesongspod at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. And again, of course, rate and review if you don't mind. Uh, Tell a friend about the podcast. That always helps as well. And we will be back next week. Sometime next week. I'm not going to say it's going to be on Wednesday when we normally drop them, but sometime next week. We will be back with a brand new episode of Take These Songs. But until then, as always, I hope that you find some music to have and to hold. <laughs>